재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵 In the aftermath of the uh, deadly Paris terror attacks, many countries around the world have bolstered security uh, fears all around that ISIS may strike targets in various areas. China is not an exception to this. They've been facing uh, threats at home and abroad, according to them. And so publicly, in an attempt to deter these attacks, they've adopted the country's first-ever counterterrorism law on Sunday. The new law will take effect in the beginning of next year. To find out more about China's anti-terror law, we have joining us on the line a political science professor from Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, Professor Barry Soutman. Hello. Hello. I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us, Professor. I, I suppose just briefly, um, can you describe what this uh, anti-terror law passed by China entails? Well, the anti-terror law has basically a couple important components. One has to do with information related to terrorism. That is a, a duty on the part of anyone or any entity that knows something about terrorist activities so that they have to report to the authorities what they do know, and if the authorities make inquiries, they have to uh, provide information to the authorities. Uh, also, um, with regard to uh, communication, communications which evidence any desire to import sympathy for terrorists or that would cause terrorists uh, or people to imitate the actions of terrorists are forbidden. So that's one aspect, which has to do basically with communications. And the other aspect is uh, allowing the People's Liberation Army and Navy to be able to participate in anti-terrorist activities abroad. Up to this point, uh, there was no authorization by the central government of China to its armed forces to participate in such activities. Is this largely in response to what we deem to be Islamist Terrorism. Uh, th- the timing of it seems to coincide with the uh, the Paris terror attacks and ISIS's continued threats. Uh, China also faces uh, uh, difficulties with the uh, separatist Uyghur movement. Is is that main? Is that the main focus? There's no doubt that there's been discussion in China about an anti-terrorist law for some years now, but the impetus to actually getting it enacted certainly came from uh, both the actions on the part of ISIS uh, in the Middle East and the attacks in Paris and elsewhere. Uh, this was certainly a big spur to the Chinese government to ensure that the National People's Congress of China enacted such a law. When we talk about the, uh, I suppose, domestic elements where China is concerned about, uh, can, can you just briefly, because there, there are some people who might not be uh, as familiar with the situation is, uh, where are China's main threats coming from? The main threat of terrorism in China is coming from Uyghur separatists. Uh, but they're not just separatists in the sense that uh, people could be secular separatists and simply want to have part of a country uh, be carved off and become an independent state. But the Uyghur separatists tend to be also Islamists, and therefore they not only desire the independence of the Uyghur region of China, which is called Xinjiang, or the uh, new new frontier in, uh, in Chinese, uh, they not only want that to be independent, but many of them 
are Islamists and want to establish something like the kind of government that Islamist groups in the Islamic world, and particularly in the Middle East, desire. Groups like ISIS or Al-Qaeda, etc., where Sharia law would be in place. Other Uyghur separatists are not so enthusiastic about that, but nevertheless carry out uh, terroristic attacks. The knee-jerk reaction, many people who are critics of China would say this might have potential human rights concerns. Uh, some people saying maybe it's too broad. You mentioned the Uyghur separatists. What if it could be applied to uh, the Tibetan separatists and um, anybody who is deemed a minority or dissident uh, population? Are those concerns valid? Well, there are those kind of concerns apply to anti-terrorism laws all over the world. They can always be abused. And, of course, given the fact that China has an authoritarian government and that uh, rights of free speech are constricted, uh, it's almost inevitable that in the application of such a law uh, there will be abuses. And uh, those abuses um, are not something which necessarily attaches to the law itself. They're inherent in the system. They've been around as long as the system has been around. And actually, having the anti-terrorist law probably doesn't make much of a difference in terms of level of human rights abuses in China, because the government has been carrying out such abuses, um, even in the absence of right. such a law. Of, of course, it's quite possible that... Um, local officials will decide that the law allows them to go even further than they have in the past. But we don't really know whether that will be the case yet or not, because after all, um, there's a great deal of attention on the relationship between China and the ethnic minority regions within it. So right. um, officials do have to be cautious. They are supervised by the authorities. The authorities are concerned about their international image. Now, the other provisions you've mentioned, and it affects companies like Google and Facebook. Remember a few, a few years back when the whole Gmail controversy erupted, and everyone knows very famously the great firewall of China. Uh, the, are tech companies uh, very much concerned about this uh, legislation? They were. Um, they're not quite as concerned as they were before okay. because as a result of expressing concerns before the actual passage of the legislation, the legislation was toned down with regard to um, phenomenon like giving encryption keys to mm -hmm. the government or allowing for there to be back doors into the digital locks which are placed on information by tech companies operating in China. So those companies made known their concerns. And in the final version, as far as we know, uh, of the bill that passed the National People's Congress on Sunday was greatly watered down in terms okay. of the authority given to the government to put pressure on such companies. Now, the United States, uh, by no means, uh, according to some people, their hands are not clean in the situation. A lot of people did not like the uh, Patriot Act when it passed after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Uh, the Chinese government, as far as if they are facing international criticism over this, how do you think they will respond? 
Well, they'll respond by saying that actually what they're doing is not much different from what other governments in the world are doing, particularly Western governments. And, of course, they've already talked about the Patriot Act, as you've mentioned. Uh, also, they could talk about the U.K.'s uh, investigatory powers bill, which is before the Parliament right now and will probably pass uh, sometime early next year. And uh, the investigatory powers bill in Britain basically has the same kind of provisions as the anti-terrorism law, which uh, the Chinese Parliament just passed. What's interesting is that in the U.K., there are people who have criticized this bill, but no foreign governments are criticizing the bill. They're allowing the U.K. to have a pass on it, just as the U.K., of course, allow the U.S. to have a pass on the Patriot Act. Yeah, very good points indeed. Professor, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your insights. You're welcome. Bye -bye. Well, that was Professor Barry Soutman from Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. Soul City News up next.